What is up, bros, and welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, uh, this week on the podcast, we got two titles coming to you this week for 4K Spotlight. They're two movies that Caleb and I have never seen. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Did you see the first one? Uh, no. Okay. I did not. Okay. I, I was right. saying I want wanted to is kind of strong wording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, with through the wall, we got two trailers to talk about. Um, one actually came out today, the fifteenth of February, and then uh, the other one uh, came out uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So we'll be talking about two trailers there and then we'll be moving on to our all bros headliner of the evening which will be our breakdown of ron caleb you totally f's the title of it's ron's gone wrong no i didn't (laughs) (laughs) he wrote ron's goes wrong oh shit (laughs) (laughs) that was wrong with it (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll, we'll be breaking down ron's goes wrong so <laughs> forget you man <laughs> uh so yeah uh but caleb please see if we get started say let's do it oh we don't technically have a a trailer this week there is just a a show i want to give a big shout out to um blue milk drop which is kind of the Star Wars baby child of Film on the Rocks. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, um it's hosted by by Nate and Brucker. They have six episodes or no, seven episodes out so far. Hell yeah. A- actually Glass correction. Guys back. Yeah, they I think it's actually eight. If <laughs> I can't believe you. I know, I know. So <laughs> they have eight episodes out. Going over the the book of Boba Fett episode by episode, and dude, such a great show! Like I, I've been getting way into Star Wars lately, and and these guys know their stuff. Like Nate is an an, an excited an 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 oh my gosh, this is going to be a difficult one. Is an an encyclopedia of Star Wars knowledge. And Brucker and his in-depth views on like character building and and everything are just amazing to watch or listen to. So, highly recommend. Uh, go check them out. Blue Milk Drop. So Have now you, know, you can go on. <laughs> okay. Um, you you know how there's reading with bros. <laughs> let's let's go with Annunciation with Albers. <laughs> Shit. You just you just gave me a shirt to make, didn't you, you asshole? I sure did, bitch. <laughs> Reading with Rose and Annunciation with Albers. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> uh, you know you love me. Uh, all right, moving into 4K Spotlight, we got two big titles coming to you this week. 
Uh, first with The King's Man, not The King's Men, but The King's Man, uh, which is the prequel to The King's Men's Secret Service, and I forgot what the second one's called. God damn it. So I forgot what it's called, too. Uh, okay, cool. So we both suck. <laughs> yeah, I. it's just, they're both The King's Men movies. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um. So this one has a shit ton of exclusives. Like, god damn. Um, so at first it has from Best Buy an awesome 4K steelbook box set that comes with all three movies, and oh my god, I f- wait what? What? It just like took me to a random eBay page. Okay, I don't know what was up with that. Sketchy. A little bit. Um. So. It's, uh, so the covers of all of them are, uh, like the classic suits from each movie. So like the, uh, with the first Kingsman, it's, um, Eggsy's suit. The second one is, I don't know who wears a purple suit. Do you know? Is it also Eggsy? Not off the top of my head. Okay. Okay. Well, the second one's for, with a purple suit. And then the third one is what, um, I forget the actor that plays the main guy, but, uh, his suit. With like the stash going across, and like they're so simple, but they're so effective, and I love the set so much. And if I enjoyed these movies more, I honestly would pick this set up. But just I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong, they're good. I really enjoyed the first Kingsman, King, yeah, King, Kingsmen. Um, I have not seen the second one yet. Um. And hence why I did not go see this third one. Um, I really need to sit down and watch the second one and this one. Um, but yeah, so that is there. If you guys want to pick up that Steelbook set, it looks amazing. That's honestly my favorite um, exclusive exclusive uh, for this film. Uh, next up, we have the Walmart exclusive, which is literally just a different 4K slipcover. So I'm sorry, to me, it's kind of boring. Um, because the first one, it, or like the the regular 4K slipcover, or 4K slipcover, is uh, oh my god, I I'm gonna find his name. Start Ralph Fiennes' character, uh, like blown up. He's like way up there, like on the top, and then everyone is like kind of like shrunk down below him. I feel that's what a lot of people do with posters nowadays. Whereas with the Walmart exclusive cover, it's just a group shot of all of them. And I don't know why I like the regular 4K cover a lot more. Yeah, it makes sense. And then finally, the Target exclusive. No, oh, excuse me. Surprising no one comes with a gallery book. Yippee. Do people even care about the gallery books? I mean, I bought. Well, wait, does the Eternal. Did the Eternals come with a gallery book? I can't remember. Because I Dude, bought I the. Tar- <laughs> Come on, man! You're supposed to know too. No, man. All I care about is the code. <laughs> you cheap son of a bitch! You know uh, what? You're just enabling me, oh, so I, know, I feel like you're partially to blame. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I can't really argue that. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So with Disney, I guess they decided to stop doing the. Uh, um. Photo. What what did I say they were? Gallery, gallery books, right? book. Yeah. Now all that Disney does is at least with the. So I remember with Encanto, it was uh, 
um, lithographs, and then with Eternals, it's uh, two limited edition foil etched prints. So kind of kind of like lithographs, but I feel just not as cool. Wow. Yeah. But did I still buy it? Yes, I did. <laughs> and since we're on the subject of Eternals, I have a freaking story with this goddamn movie that I went through today. Since we are recording this on Tuesday, new release Tuesday. So I pre-ordered the Eternals Steelbook, shocker, off, off, off BestBuy.com, and... It actually arrived early. It arrived Sunday, which I can't believe that. That it, It's been a while since I've gotten the new release earlier than when it's supposed to be released. I'm like, oh, this is freaking awesome. Got freaking Eternals two days early. This is bitching. I open it. Huge scratch on the spine. I'm like, a freaking course. Thank you so much, Best Buy. I love you guys. So, Like a scratch or was it like someone took a knife to to it? I don't think so. No, someone didn't take a knife to it. There was just like a scratch on the bottom. But you know how anal I am about steelbooks? Yes, I I am painfully aware. Yeah, see, see, Caleb gets it. <laughs> um, so, you know, of course, when I see that, I'm like, okay, well, now I got to wait till Tuesday to go exchange it. So today comes, I go to AF Best Buy. Literally two of them have the exact same problem. And then the other two that they have... It's not in the same place because, like, where the scratch was, it's on the bottom of the steelbook. No, on the other two, it's on the top, on the spine. So, AF Best Buy is out, out of the game. Um, and so I go to Orm Best Buy, and literally, what I, from what I remember, it was literally the exact same thing, but I think there was, like, two that weren't. But the spine was, like, so freaking off, it looked like the spine tab was about to fall off. So I'm like, okay... I can't do that. Um, and so uh, I remembered, oh, yeah, I forgot I had d done a um, pre-order pickup for it at um, at AF as well. But I had just forgotten about it. So I'm like, okay, maybe the one that they had pulled for me is, is you know, is, is so much better. It's perfect. Nope, the exact same freaking problem as all the others. So I've come to the conclusion that I'm going to go to one more Best Buy store. Tomorrow, after I get off work, I'm going to Sandy Best Buy, and I swear that if they don't have at least a decent one that doesn't have those scratches on the steelbook, I will lose my shit. Because <laughs> all I ask is for one good steelbook of Eternals. Just one. Just one goddamn steelbook. But apparently that's too much to ask for. Dude, freaking sounds like it. Good hell. Yeah. What up with the... Like, I, uh, it wasn't that hard for, well, okay, I would say it wasn't that hard for Encanto, but Encanto was sold out weeks ago, and so uh, I had to just pray the one that I got in the mail was good. <laughs> Thankfully, it was. Um, but with Eternals, there's actually copies in stores, because unfortunately, a lot of people aren't buying this movie, which makes me very sad. Um, but yeah, that's that's my 4K dilemma. <sighs> Freaking Best Buy. <laughs> freaking fun shit man yeah right oh so so much fun <sighs> but yeah before i get any more uh flustered and angry um the other release coming out this week on 4k i shouldn't say 4k it's actually only on blu-ray it's not even coming to 4k which is kind of sad is a uh, house of gucci starring lady G lady gaga and adam driver so if you guys actually watched this movie, 
which I know from the looks of it, it didn't do that great at the box office, which sucks because I actually really want to see this movie, but I don't know if I really want to spend $25 on it for a blind buy. Dilemma. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like it's safe. It is a pretty safe bet because you got to think you're getting Lady Gaga and Adam Driver. Adam Driver on his own, I think, I think is a big enough selling point for it. But Lady Gaga, she's a pretty decent actress. She is. I know a lot of people are saying that she got snubbed at the Oscars this year. They're so mad. Really? Yeah. Dude, yeah, if people are saying she should have been nominated, like that's just a big fat clue that she did an amazing job. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and the rest of the cast is pretty star-studded, so I, I think it's hard to go go wrong with that one. So I think if you did decide to blind buy it, you would be making a pretty safe bet. You just want to make Brielle happy, don't you? Do what? You just want to make Brielle happy, don't you? Your point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I got no point. I just wanted you to admit it. Well, I admitted it. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Then we're moving on. <laughs> uh, so that's it for 4K Spotlight. Um, unless you have anything you want to add, Caleb. Uh, nope. Not this cool. time. All right, well, moving on to Through the Wall. We have two trailers to talk about. Um, I'm assuming, Caleb, you want to start with the uh, not-so-good one? Yes. Okay. So, today... Uh, February 15th, they released the first trailer for Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, the new Disney Plus movie premiering in May. And I didn't watch Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers growing up. I think it was, was it before our time? Or what did it come out when we were kids? No, it was out when we were kids. It, it, I, I think it was. I'm, I'm, I remember it, that it, okay. it, it showed up a couple times when we were kids. Um, oh, sorry. The only reason I, I know that is because that was one of the few shows I was allowed to watch. <laughs> so sad. So sad. Yeah. But, yeah, Chippendale Rescue Ranger, like, it was a decent show. It was like, when it was on, it was fun. It wasn't something I was, like, obsessed with, had to watch everything. It was just like, it was more of those, uh, if there's nothing else to watch shows. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Okay. Um, dude, but this trailer just completely butchers it. Uh, it's almost like, you know, since Caleb pointed this out, because like I said, I've never seen an episode of Chippendale in my lifetime. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. Um, but so when I'm hearing the uh, voices talk as them, who, uh, oh my God, it's, uh, John Mulaney and Addy, Andy Samberg. Yes. Um, so when you hear them talk, uh, Andy Samberg, I think sounds fine. His voice works. Uh, sorry. What is the other guy's name again? Uh, John Mulaney. John Mulaney. I, I was telling Caleb this earlier. He he freaking sounds like Ben Schwartz. I thought it was for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for some reason, I'm sorry. He his voice just doesn't work for me. Coming out of a, a chipmunk, and Caleb pointed out that in the show, 
they were high-pitched chipmunk voices, you know, like Alvin and the Chipmunks are, even though they're voiced by star-studded cast. Why couldn't they have done that in this movie? Yeah, like, Chip, his voice, like, so Chip, who's voiced by John Mulaney, his normal voice should be, like, like Alvin and the Chipmunks levels. But, like, okay, that's so... what it's usually at. It's Dale that kind of has the deeper voice, and his is a little bit more, like, raspy. Okay. So, I feel like, like, they have the right tones. Like, I feel like John Mulaney and Andy Samberg, like, you have a decent, um, you have decent tones. Like, our, our cadences with these characters. Like, I feel like the John Mulaney cadence would work really well for Chip. And same thing with Andy Samberg. You just need to make their voices... You just need to alter the voices. And this would be probably so much better. And there's still time. That's something you just do in post-production. Come yeah, on, guys. And just, like, just, <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, pull a Sonic and fix it. <laughs> Because it's probably, so bad. Dude, they're probably like, just like, oh, it's just going to Disney Plus. Who cares? Yeah, like the trailer was not that funny. The funniest, like you pointed this out, the funniest line in this is is Dale talking about getting CGI surgery. Because apparently this is like some weird Roger Rabbit universe. Where all of like the like Chip and Dale are animated characters and they know they're animated characters hell roger rabbit was in this trailer wasn't he yeah because uh i forget if it's Shipperdale. they're just like yeah we got to do the roger rabbit with roger rabbit yeah so roger rabbit's in this like so this is straight up part like i'm i'm considering this canon from who framed roger rabbit <laughs> I don't give a shit what anyone says. So does but, that mean Jessica Rabbit's gonna show up? Uh, we can only hope so. Right. Um, but it it just doesn't work, and it I feel like it would it would work better if there were better decisions that they made. Like in this day, like I said, Dale gets a a CGI surgery, and he looks really good. But apparently throughout the rest of the movie, there is going to be an animated Chip and a CGI Dale. And it is distracting beyond all belief. Yeah. Like, honestly, just imagine how, let, let's just say, imagine how Tom and Jerry looked in the Tom and Jerry movie. Let's take Tom out and then put him next to how the chipmunks look in their four live action films and put those side by side. Let, let's say it's Tom and Theodore. That's literally what you're looking at. That's exactly what you're looking at. And it is oh, not good to look at. No, not one bit. Yeah. I, I had, I was excited for this movie. Now I'm not. <laughs> That's, dude, that's literally what everyone said. My favorite comment I saw is just like, "Yeah, I was so excited for this reboot, but then I, but then I was only able to get through five seconds of the trailer." 
it's it's so rough and it seems like they're trying to do like a biography on freaking chip and dale rescue rangers i'm like this is ridiculous like it seems like so many big ideas that just shouldn't be all in the same movie yeah so honestly when they announced this and i was excited for the cast and everything like, when they said John Mulaney and Andy Samberg, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I was at, like, a seven and a half on my excitement level. I'm at, like, a four now. God damn. That's a huge drop. Wow. Yeah, like, this is a, I will watch it if there is nothing else to watch. <laughs> um. So, spe- speaking of, like, Disney Plus trailers that we got, uh... Both, both, I think it came out this week too. Did you see the trailer for Disney Plus's Cheaper by the Dozen? Uh, no. Real okay. How's that one look? Uh, uh, like I love the first one, but yeah, to me this that one doesn't not look good. Like honestly, I will actually probably watch this movie before I watch uh the new Cheaper by the Dozen. Ooh, good hell. Well, because I think, like, the biggest thing that, like, pisses me off is they're totally getting the uh, numbers wrong. It was always, it was 12 kids and two parents. Right? Right. Yeah, no, in this one, the parents are included in that number. So it's 10 kids and two parents. Dumb. Right? Yeah, it's like, they lost me there. But then, honestly, I don't know, just... They just kept losing me. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it had it had a sweet message about you know adopting and you know creating your family with adoption. It's a beautiful message. I love it so much, but I just don't like a lot of the ideas that they're portraying in this version. That's completely understandable. So you should watch it because I want to hear your thoughts um, a- after this. Um, but yeah, honestly, uh, I'm more excited for Chip and Tail Rescue Rangers than I am for Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah, that's not saying a lot. Cause, so, like, like I don't know why. Like, honestly, I would actually put myself at, like, a six for Chippendale. Um, okay. Probably cheaper by the dozen. It'd probably be, like, at, like, a four. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about this monstrosity? <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> That's how That's how little I cared about this. Like, it's oh. just... Pointing okay, wait, out sorry. the flaws and like <laughs> my slight excitement level and how why it went down and that's it. <laughs> okay, really quick, one more question: the Seth Rogen bit at the end. What did you think? Thought it was so dumb. Yeah. Oh God. I'm just like, just end it already, please. Put me out of this misery. Yeah, and I'm willing to bet that's probably going to be played as like the funniest bit of the movie. Oh, just shoot me now. Like, I love <laughs> Seth Rogen. I think he's funny. But this was stupid. Yeah, this was ridiculously stupid. <sighs> but anyway, let's move on to an actually good trailer. A great trailer, I might add. So during the Super Bowl this year, which I did not watch because, you know, grocery business life, and I just don't do sports. I don't understand sports, and I never will. It will just never interest me, and I'm sorry. I could just give two shits less. I was going to say, like, that's not the reason you didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a reason you couldn't watch it. 
But it's not the uh, reason you didn't. You know what? <laughs> He's got a point. Did you watch it, Caleb? Um, I watched like half of it. The hell is wrong with you? Yeah, kidding. well, it's because I went over to my neighbors because they were cooking food. So I went for the food. You're one of those people. Dude, I'm not ashamed. I don't give a shit about the Super Bowl. (laughs) Like, I could give two shits about the players. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, But anyway, uh, so yeah, we got a lot of goodness with with trailer-wise from the Super Bowl. But the biggest one, I feel, was we got a full trailer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And... Oh my god. Dude, this is going to be an insane movie. This is probably going to be the... I think this is going to be more trippy than the first Doctor Strange. I can definitely see that. Um, There's been so much stuff coming out about what we can see in this trailer. And the poster, too. Dude, have you seen all the freaking Easter Dude, eggs in the poster? Yeah. Ever, I mean, the biggest one that I've seen is everyone's saying, oh, I see Deadpool. Really? Oh, you haven't seen that one? No, I haven't seen oh, that yeah. one. Yeah, people are saying that they see Deadpool in one of the pieces of shattered glass. Oh. Dude, the one that I was I was super pumped for, you can see Captain Carter's shield. Ooh, okay. I'm in. Hell yeah, dude. I'm so excited for this. I'm so pumped to see what they do. I feel like we're going to get a ton of Doctor Strange variants. And that's just like super exciting for me. And I can't wait to watch Benedict Cumberbatch play them all. Hell yeah. Because man, that, that man has range with acting. Um, Yeah, with the rumors of Deadpool... We have to talk about the voice of Patrick Stewart that we heard. Do you think it's Professor X? I I want to say it is. I really do, but like the nerd know, in you to... wants to say yes. <laughs> yeah, but then at the same time, I want to say it's like Marvel just screwing with us, being like, "No, he's playing an entirely different character. It's not Charles Xavier." Like, is it just? Me like the I would have fully believed Professor X. It's just the way that he said truth. It sounded weird. That that's fair. Like it, it wasn't like quite truth. It was like it had like a slur to it. Like it almost like like he was saying truche, or like that's like super exaggerated. But it, it like that's kind of what it sounded like he was saying. No, that that's fair. Just it just imagine in this universe, Patrick Stewart is playing Mr. Fantastic. He's Reed Reed, Reed Richards everybody. Everyone thought Lone Gruffin was coming back. Nope, it's Patrick Stewart. <laughs> That'd be trippy as hell. That would um, be like the biggest I'm sorry, that would be like the one of the biggest middle fingers I think I've ever received from Marvel cuz I want Lone Gruffin to come back as Mr. Fantastic so bad. Yeah, but we'll we'll see. I I don't think we'll we'll see him again, unfortunately. Damn. Um, but if 
the rumors are true and this is Professor X, we are getting freaking X-Men in this movie. If not like a full-blown like viewing of them, we're going to get a tease at least. Dude, I love it after Spider-Man No Way Home. They're they're holding nothing back with the multiverse. I love it. Dude, I love it too. I'm just like I'm super surprised we haven't seen Kang yet. Yeah, dude, seriously though. I'm too. Like I know we have like that Kang variant from Loki, but like a full-blown Kang the Conqueror or not Wait, is it Kang the Conqueror? I think isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. I don't know why I feel like I was messing it up. <laughs> Yeah, no, dude, I'm pretty sure you're nailing it. Okay, yeah, because I was playing Guardians of the Galaxy today <laughs> oh. for a little bit, and so I was I was getting confused, like, really hard with, like, Drax the Destroyer and Ronan the Accuser, and I feel like for some reason Conquer just didn't seem sound right. <laughs> um, but anyway, um... Yeah, we we're so we're seeing like a ton of freaking shit. Like we're seeing a, a lot more of um America Chavez, which she looks awesome. She does. I wonder how much of a part she's going to play in this film though. It seems like it's going to be significant because she's okay, like good. she it seems like she's kind of Doctor Strange's shadow a little bit. I'm cool with that. Um, and apparently she was supposed to be introduced in, or not introduced, she was originally supposed to be in, uh, No Way Home, but when Doc, like, way back when Doctor Strange was supposed to come out first. Oh. Um, but, yeah, so they had to cut that because of, like, the different order of operations. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so in this, like, this is going to be her, like, official introduction, and gosh, it looks so good. Like, it seems like we're going to get flashbacks to freaking uh, WandaVision. Oh, yeah. Oh. Which, I mean, everything with Wanda, I mean, bruh. Like, how how good is that? Oh, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen is bringing her A-game once again in this role. And I told Caleb uh, that this was my favorite line of the movie when it says, um, when she tells uh, Strange, you break the rules and you become the hero, but when I break the rules, I become the villain. That doesn't seem fair. I'm like, no, it doesn't, and freaking goosebumps. Yeah, dude, I've seen so many TikToks about that line. And everyone's pointing out, like, this is absolutely true. And this is just with Wanda in general. Like, someone who was always breaking the rules and still viewed as a hero is, like, Tony Stark. Yeah. Like, he was a, a freaking weapons monger for the longest time. And then he became a superhero but yet he still created Ultron, one of the biggest threats to the universe, as we find out in the What If series. Yeah. 
Dude, I still can't believe freaking Ultron just split Thanos in half. That was insane. Yeah. So, Tony Stark, like, created a weapon that easily could have destroyed the entire multiverse. And he is still viewed as one of the best hero or the world's greatest hero. And then all of these other people that are breaking all these rules. But Wanda, whose powers. Like, he, they were pointing this out. Like, all this shit that freaking uh, Tony Stark did versus what Wanda did. Like, the, like, if you think about it, in Civil War, when she, like, she's getting, like, ripped apart by government officials for what happened in, like, with the, the bomb, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're pointing out, like, you know who didn't get in trouble at all? Steve Rogers, the person who's, who should have been the one to notice the bomb, <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and like everyone else is like has these these abilities about them, and but Wanda she's still like learning to control her abilities. But because her abilities are so tied into her emotions and everything, people view her as like a bigger threat. Okay, I I, I can see where people are coming from with that. Yeah, and like even in the comics, like everyone like finds a way finds ways to villainize Wanda. Like when it comes to like anything. When it's just her not being able to control her powers because her powers are chaos magic. Like you can't control chaos magic. No. And so she gets freaking like thrown under the bus like multiple times and like like they pointed out, like Reed Richards, Tony Stark, like all of these like super geniuses, like even Doctor Strange at some point in the comics has all made the argument on why they need to kill Wanda. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, so she just gets like thrown way under the bus for shit she can't necessarily control. And it's all because like it's emotion based and all of their is like, oh, well, you can see the logic of where I was, like, meaning to go. <laughs> Damn. And so I, I hope they they explore that, that theme more. Like, that's going to be such an interesting thing to, to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, have you seen, like, the other, like, not confirmed cameo for for this trailer i have not um so the there's like the kind of like a captain marvel looking character in this like it's a character surrounded in some sort of like glowing energy and a lot of people are making the claim that this is the Tony Stark variant played by Tom Cruise. No shit? Yeah, apparently Tom Cruise is going to make an appearance in this in some way, shape, or form. And I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Neither do I. 
Um, like, I know we're not going to get Tony Stark back in the MCU. I know that this is probably just, like, a one-off. But I am afraid <laughs> that this could lead to, like, Tom Cruise doing more stuff in the MCU. And this just kind of feels like they're giving a role to, like, everyone. That's fair. And don't get me wrong, I love Tom Cruise, but... He, I don't. Yeah, he, he's really not a fan of Tom Cruise? I am not even kind of a fan of Tom Cruise. Like, his acting bugs the shit out of me. I get that, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, I would honestly agree with you. Yeah, if he really got put into the MCU, that that's a little too much. Like, come on. Yeah. So, I mean... So, really, not a fan of Mission Impossible movies, huh? I haven't even seen Mission Impossible movies. Really? Yeah, I haven't seen any of them. Okay, alright. And I'm just, like, overall, I'm just not a big Tom Cruise fan. <laughs> no, it's understandable. Okay. Like, there are certain movies that I, like, I like with him in them, but he's, like, my least favorite part of those movies. <laughs> That's funny. So, I if he is in this as Tony Stark, I hope it's quick. <laughs> Like, and I'm talking, like, Brad Pitt in Deadpool 2 quick. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd want it quicker than that. I'm just <laughs> Quicker than that? That was, like, two seconds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Zero seconds would be great. <laughs> yeah, but... I, I, I don't know. I hope that this is just, like... I hope it's something else. I I have a feeling it's not something else, but we'll see. I I'm so excited for this movie. This is the one that I was looking forward to, probably more than No Way Home. The nerve. Okay. Yeah, but this was okay. This was before I I knew what we got <laughs> in okay. No Way Home. But like, if you would have asked me like pre No Way Home, and be, before all of like the trailers and shit. Like, when they announced, like, oh, we're going to do No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness. I was more excited for Multiverse of Madness. Just because Multiverse was in the title? Yes. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited that we are going to see a uh, a Captain Carter. Like, that, that is yes. easily one of my new favorite characters. <laughs> I thought you always liked Captain Carter. Well, Captain Carter hasn't always like been a character. Oh, like I think yeah, she's new to, since What If. That's true. Duh. Come on, brain, freaking work. Yeah, and I think I'm gonna get one more year of being able to like put Iris in whatever costume I want. So I, I think I'm gonna put her in like the updated Captain Carter outfit, just for Hell shits and giggles. Yeah. Hell yeah. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Anyway. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you? I am... I'm at like a a 9.5 right now. Not quite a 10, because I'm still hesitant about some things, but I'm excited to see more. All right. Um, Honestly, dude, I'm a straight 10. Like... I am so excited for this movie. 
really nothing. They they could this could literally be the only trailer, and I would literally be there opening night, seven o'clock showing, but ass in that seat, ready to experience this movie. So, oh yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't feel there's going to be as much hype for this movie unless they have something that they're just going to like toss in. I would definitely agree with you there. Yeah, like what? No, like there's not going to be as much hype as No Way Home because No Way Home they teased Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe. If they can give us an equivalent to that. Which I I feel like if Patrick Stewart is in this and he is playing Professor X, I don't think they've quite pulled that off a hundred percent yet. I I would definitely agree with you there. Like I think if they confirm yes, this is Professor X, then the hype will just skyrocket. But they 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 need to confirm some things. They need to give us that that uh that reason to be excited like oh we know for a fact that we're getting this exactly like they did with doc ock and green goblin like once we saw those characters it's like we knew without a doubt we were getting those characters yeah so they need to do something like that for for this movie uh all right well that's going to do it for uh, this week's sneak peeks. Unless, Caleb, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, nope. Cool. Uh, well, then, what do you say we move on to our headliner of the evening? I say let's do it. So, with this week's All Bros headliner, we'll be breaking down one of Caleb's favorite films of last year, and that is Ron's Gone Wrong. Ooh, that, I, I, okay, this is one of the few movies that we haven't talked about even a little bit before we started recording, and that wording (laughs) makes me really worried that you didn't like this movie. I did not. Did you not? No. <gasps> oh, this is going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry, man, dude. I really did not like this movie. I honestly... Oh, this... I actually liked um, The Willoughbys better than this movie. Oh, my and gosh. I really, and I really was not a fan of that one, either. I... Damn! This is going to be a really interesting episode, then. And you want to know the best part? What? I'm totally fucking with you. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 dude. I I liked this movie. I liked it. Ah, I probably didn't love it as much as you did, but I still really enjoyed it. <laughs> dude, I thought we. Oh my gosh, I thought we were gonna have some like crazy debate. I'm like, oh my gosh, this might end up being a two parter. <laughs> <laughs> dude, imagine Ron's gone wrong being a two parter. That would be amazing. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah.
Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Caleb, do you want to tell everybody how we break down films on this podcast? Absolutely. If you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. And the eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal grade at the very end. Um, when it comes to this movie, it being animated, the effects is going to be focusing on the animation style and all that fun stuff. And then the costumes... Um, are going to fall into a uh, the character design. Uh, I just lost the word that I was about to are, use. I was like, are you okay? Yeah, just having like a minor stroke. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's okay then. Yeah, so that's what uh, how we're going to be scoring it. So without further ado, if you have not seen... Ron's Gone Wrong. Um, go check it out. It is on Disney Plus right now. Uh, you do not have to pay any additional fees other than your normal subscription. And yeah, so go check it out. But Rose is about to spoil the entire freaking movie for you. Alright, so... In the future, tech giant Bubble unveils their latest creation, the Bebot, created by the benevolent CEO Mark Wydell with the intent to make a robot buddy that is designed to make is that is designed to help make friends. Gee, I don't think I've heard something like that since I don't know, child's play. Yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> You're welcome, internet. You're welcome. Using Mark's friendship algorithm installed in every B-Bot. In the fictional California town of Nonsuch... I'm sorry, what is up with that name? But anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm already, like, destroying this movie for Caleb. <laughs> no, you're not. This is a great movie. <laughs> is it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Newly 12-year-old Barney... Podowski? Is that how you pronounce his last name? Podowski? Um, yes. Okay. Is the only middle schooler who does not have a B-Bot. Sorry, gotta point this out too. Every single fam every single other kid's families are rich. I call bullshit. Like, if, if this is supposed to be like the apple of uh, this world, um, I'll be the these things have to cost over a grand. If not more, maybe like two grand. Okay, well, it wasn't necessarily that his family couldn't afford it, because his dad was fully intending on going to purchase one, right? Okay, yes. But what he wasn't willing to do was wait <laughs> for like however mo many months but, it was until they could get a new... He does, when he gets to the window, he's just like, oh, I need, like, the newest model or some shit. And then he looks in his wallet, and he's just like, okay, you know, maybe, like, the first model. So you can tell he did not have a, have a lot to spend on it. True, but they still had a waiting period. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And so that's why he went to uh, 
the freaking side people and was like, hey, I'll buy the broken one off of you. <laughs> just saying. The, the, the fact that like everyone has one except for him, I'm just like, I don't know. I call it kind of bullshit. There's got to be at least one other kid that does not have a B-Bot. Uh, his well, former child probably pre-ordered there, so that, okay, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, his former childhood friends Savannah Medes, Rich Belcher, Noah, and Ava have all become absorbed by their individual bebots. One day, Barney's father Graham, who sells novelties online, and his Bulgarian-born grandmother Danka, comes to realize that he does not have any friends and empathize when Rich plays a cruel prank on Barney. Yeah, that kid's a dick for that scene. God. That freaking... Mm, that hurt. Ugh, uh, that was rough. That was so rough to watch. Like, I've seen some, like, kids be, like, pull mean pranks in, like, anime movies like this. But that's definitely up there. Like, him wrapping up a rock that looks like a bebot and freaking poor... Um, oh, my God. What's the kid's name again? Um, Barney? Barney just running out and opening and be like, oh, dad, you know, I, I knew you wouldn't, I knew you would get it for me. And then, yeah, it turns out to be a freaking rock with like googly eyes made to paint, painted to look like a bebop. And they're like filming him. And just, yeah, it's like, y'all are assholes. Screw you guys. Dude, what freaking like blows my mind is that these kids used to be friends. Yeah. Like, bullshit. Oh my gosh, dude! That kid was such a tool. He was, ah, uh, yeah, he was a dick. F him. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they hastily go to. I love how I've made. I haven't even made it through the first paragraph yet. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> They hastily go to a bubble store, but it's closed. Fortunately, a delivery driver had been holding on to a slightly damaged Bebot that had fallen off his truck and sells it to them. Barney gets the Bebot as a late birthday present, but upon activating it, he quickly learns that it's defective and glitchy. Not Okay, you know what? This is really sad. I never even noticed that he... I thought the dad just stole it. Like, when, uh, when no one was looking off the truck, I didn't actually know that he bought it from the guy. You thought he stole it? Yeah. <laughs> I straight up did. Apparently I wasn't paying enough attention. My bad. Apparently not. Shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, he quickly learns that it's defective and glitchy. Not wanting to upset his father, he's he decides to take it back to the bubble store to get it fixed. He ends up running into Rich and his friends who taunt and try to humiliate him. The Bebop begins to fight back as his safety functions have been turned off and he and Barney laugh together and run. However, Rich called the police and they, along with Graham and Donka, are taken to the bubble stores so that the Bebop can be crushed. Not wanting to see him go, Barney secretly rescues him and names him Ron, a shortened version of his model number. When Barney and Ron's actions are reported, Mark is happy to see Ron go against his programming while his... COO Andrew Morris views it as bad publicity, believing Ron must be just. Oh my god. Mouth work today. Um. Must, believing Ron must be destroyed for the issue to be resolved. 
Barney teaches Ron how to be a good friend and, while hanging out, runs into Savannah, who tells Ron that he needs to help Barney get friends. Oh, excuse me. Despite Barney telling Savannah not to, she posts Ron's actions online, alerting Bubble. The next day, Ron gets out of the house and tries to get friends for Barney, bringing a series of random people to school. Um, yeah, can we talk about the freaking um, kid, uh, child kidnapping in this movie? Uh, yeah. No uh, joke. Yeah, Ron literally just snatched a baby from a mother, and literally when he's showcasing to um, how do I Barney his new friend? Um, you see the mother on the other side of the gate, like, "There's my son." <laughs> I'm just like, "Jeez, jeez, Ron!" Like, wow, that's effed up. That yeah, that no that joke. one that part that one might have been a little too far, but also the granny part where literally she was, she uh, she was there against her will. I felt uh, that that was that was definitely too much. <laughs> the other two were having a blast. The biker and I'm I'm pretty sure he was homeless. The biker and homeless guy, but yeah, the, the old lady, <laughs> the baby, those two were a little too much. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> No, don't get me wrong. It was freaking hilarious, but I was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> uh, freaking loved it though. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, the next day, Ron gets out of the house and tries to get friends for Barney, bringing a series of random people to school. As Barney gets in trouble, Rich discovers Ron's unlocked function and downloads it, causing all the other B-Bots to have their safety features and parental controls turned off. The B-Bots run wild, and in the end, after the B-Bots have a patch update, Savannah is publicly humiliated. Barney is suspended from school and tells Ron off, but upon returning home, realizes that Ron was truly being a friend and decides to run away with him when Bubble employees come for him. They briefly run into Savannah, still upset over her incident, and tells her that he is hiding in the woods. Meanwhile, while Andrew warns Mark about the ramifications of the Bebot, Mark sneaks away so that he can meet Ron while Bubble uses their resources to take control of all the Bebots to go looking for Ron and Barney in the woods. Due to the cold weather and Barney's asthma, he becomes weak and Ron brings him back to civilization just outside the school where Savannah, Rich, Noah, and Ava rush out to help him. You know, I will give this movie that. They handled how freaking, how bad asthma Fs you up in the winter and just how bad, like, you, just how bad it is and, like, how scary it is. They handled that so well for a child, for a kid's movie. Like, kudos to them. Dude, I felt they handled a bunch of stuff really well. Like, oh, we'll yeah. get into it as, oh, yeah. as but, it goes on. Like, uh, you you don't have asthma, right? Or do no. You? Okay. Y- yeah, like, honestly, like, there were some scenes that how he's, like, just, like, literally on his deathbed. I'm like, yeah, when you don't have your inhaler and you, and you are wheezing for breath, that's literally how it feels like. It l- literally looks like you're about to go to the other side. Freaking terrifying. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I definitely don't recommend having asthma. It is not fun. Thankfully, mine think is people have a choice, <laughs> but you don't. Um, it's thankfully, not like, you know what? I think I want asthma. <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully I'm able to keep mine under control pretty well nowadays. But yeah, when I was younger, oh God. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, uh, God damn it, Jonathan. Mark sneaks away so they can meet Ron while Bubble uses their resource to control of all the B-Bots to go looking for Ron and Barney in the woods. 
due to the... I already read that. Wow. He becomes weak and wrong, brings him back to civilization just outside the school where Savannah, Rich, Noah, and Ava rush out to help him. I love how, like, I read, like, three more sentences than I needed to because literally I had ended perfectly to where my next spot would have been the last paragraph. So, oh, Jonathan. Killing um, it. You're right. Mm, yep. So good. Uh, Barney is taken to the hospital and recuperates before meeting Mark, who is impressed with Ron. Mark fixes Ron's glitches and there and thereby makes him a different Bebot. Barney demands that Mark access the cloud to get Ron's original personality, but Andrew took over the bubble company and locked Mark out. Through an elaborate plan for Barney, Graham, Donka, and Mark breaking into the into Bubble HQ, Barney manages to make it to the Bubble database, finds Ron's original data by his light, and uploads him back into his body, restoring him back to his original code. Seeing that Bubble has direct access to everyone's Bebot and realizing that everyone is just as lonely as, lonely as he was, Barney suggests upgrading all the Bebots to his original code. Seeing that Bubble has direct access to everyone's Bebot and realizing that everyone is... Wait, god damn it! Barney suggests that up... Oh, god, this is like one of my worst. Barney suggests upgrading all the Bebots to his original code. Seeing that seeing that Bubble has direct access to everyone's Bebot and realizing that everyone is just as lonely as he was, Barney suggests upgrading all the Bebots to have Ron's flaws. There we go, I'm back on track, folks. However, this means that Ron will be dispersed. Barney reluctantly says goodbye to Ron as his programming is spread to everyone, mixing Mark's friendship algorithm with Ron's code. Mark blackmails Andrew into giving his position of CEO back after secretly recording him admitting that the Bebots spy on their owners for profit. Three months later, everyone has a faulty Bebot but are happy with their wild and weird personalities. Barney no longer has one, but has become much more sociable and has gotten close with his former friends. As they hang out... want to talk... Okay, you know what? We'll come back to what I have to say about that. As they hang out at the Barney bench... That's what they called it? That's what they called it at the end. Oh, I didn't even catch on to that. Um... So the Barney bench, as they hang out on that at recess, a giant bubble tower that overlooks non-such produces Ron's face, implying that he is still alive. I never thought that Ron was dead, though. Like, I thought that, I always felt that Ron was, like, in all of the other bots, just making friends with those other kids. That's what I thought, too. Because, yeah, if it's his same programming, that would make sense. Yeah, so I I don't know why they felt like they needed to throw that in. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, go ahead. But starting off with the the story, dude, this was such a good, st- like just it, it had such a, like a strong message about what friendship is. Like what it it truly is, and and how like how messed up the social or how, not messed up how harmful the social media craze can be on young kids. Yeah, dude, I'm so grateful we didn't have freaking smartphones when we were in like elementary school. Yeah, like, things could have been, like, really bad. And I feel like 
I, I feel like we were in like the prime time where we were young enough to see how it affects people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But we're still like old enough for it to not have affected us as bad as as other younger generations. Yeah. And then like it kind of helped. I think it like helps us kind of create like a pathway for like our next generation for like how to navigate through this. Like obviously uh-huh. there's still struggles and stuff that we haven't experienced and are not prepared for, but we I mean we have a general idea. Yeah, it always amazed me that um I never really went through uh like a uh, bullying in uh Utah. Like that I remember that like surprised my mom so much. Um whereas in California, like what was it, second grade, I was getting bullied by two different people. Yeah. So much fun. Um, I think it was just kind of our area too. Like I feel like everyone was like was pretty nice overall. That's fair. Um, but I think it might just be an elementary school thing too in Utah because I had like a couple bullies in in elementary school. Oh, okay. I know there was this guy named Caleb. He was kind of a dick. He always called me bitch, asshole. <laughs> well, it sounds like you deserved it. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know about that, man. Like, how the hell I'm still talking to him after so many years is beyond me. That sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> oh, but I, I just love the, the message of friendship that, like, one of the biggest ones was that how it's a two-way street. And just, like, the way that Ron was able to point out the uh, the hypocrisies that Barney was giving him was just, like, it was really nice to, like, to to hear and see all of that stuff. Like I, I loved the overall message of this stuff. And like how how all these people put on like a show. Like because Barney is viewing these people from the outside. Like Savannah and Rich thinking that they're like so happy with their lives and all these followers that they have. And when he's able to see them kind of in their like private moments just to see how unhappy they are how unhappy they like truly are and like i thought that was like really heartfelt seeing ron create this this personality and friendship and learn how to be a friend like I, I loved it so much. Like it was just, it was so good. No, dude, yeah, dude, I absolutely agree with you. Um, friendship is a two way street, because it's true. I mean, I, I pull most of the the load in this friendship. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. It's a 60-50. It's close <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no. It, it is definitely a two-way street between me and Caleb. Um, 
and uh yeah just i don't know just like the little things that ron would pick up on like as he was reading through uh learning about um barnaby's that's barnaby right no it's just barney (laughs) barnaby barnaby's from the willoughby's god damn it (laughs) i shouldn't have brought up that movie yeah now it's just gonna screw up with my brain now god damn it um how uh ron is looking at barney's uh you know wall trying to memorize you know like everything about him and i just love uh like throughout the like uh after he sees that uh throughout the rest of the movie you see him like specifically point out like little bits of it like especially the um him being like afraid of the dark and how since the his uh Barney's dad uh blows a fuse so he's not able to sleep with his uh, light on and how um Ron's able to um emulate light which is really freaking cool it looked badass uh just just those little things just really added to um how good of a friend Ron was, and freaking everybody needs a Ron in their life, dude. Straight up, but I I feel like they did a really good job at keeping like a really solid flow. I do feel it had a bit of a slow start. I, yeah, I would agree with that. Which I mean, it it isn't a huge complaint of mine, but it is a minor one. Um. But I do feel like they they did a pretty decent job at keeping on track, keeping things um, with a nice flow, not just not detracting too much from the main story. I do feel like they did it a few times when it came to the um, like bubble stuff. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, and honestly, yeah, the whenever whenever that one guy was on screen, I'm just like, can we just go to a different scene entirely can we go back to barney yeah this guy's annoying and one of my other big complaints is i feel like they it almost felt like there were two endings for some reason all right explain yourself like i don't even know how to like fully explain it like when uh when barney and ron ran away and when he was found it almost felt like that was one ending. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. Like, I, I don't know how else to, like, describe it. It just felt like, oh, this movie's now coming to a conclusion. And then it's like, oh, wait, it still has, like, half an hour left. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, I was amazed of how freaking long this is for an animated film. Hour and 55 minutes. Yeah, and I think in some ways that might have been a little long. Honestly, and I'm sorry to say, like, I would have been fine if they would have ended it just there because I could have just, you know, finished the rest for it. I I just could have thought the rest, like, oh, you know, like they get Ron plugged in, he gets all charged up, he's fine, and they all live happily ever after. Yeah, like, like really, I feel like they could have cut, like, a big chunk of this. Like, the whole bubble heist where they were trying to get ron ron's personality out of the cloud like that just felt super excessive like i feel like ron like they could have pulled ron could have pulled barney out of the the woods he's in the hospital wakes up 
Ron gets fully charged and then spreads his his code around to all the other bots. And then everyone like has happiness and whatnot. But the only thing that I feel like they could have taken from that final half hour and thrown in was how truly unhappy everyone was. Like, yeah, I feel like that, that was yeah. like a pivotal thing to have in Absolutely. the story. What's the uh, blonde kid's name? Um, the uh, the douchebag one? Yeah, Mr. Cool Cool. Rich. Rich. There's one line, and, um, because, <laughs> I don't know, just when I heard it, I'm just like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Because I feel like I never know when to, how to take that when someone says it. When, uh, 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 Barney's just like, I, oh, you know, he, I, I know we're not actually friends anymore. And the guy butts in, he's like, well, we're not not friends. I'm just like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Like, yeah, that was just odd and we'll we'll yeah. get into that with writing cuz yeah i feel like there was a lot of that stuff <laughs> um trying to think of like other story beats i think the i think anything that included um andrew or andrew morris taking over the bubble company was just super unnecessary <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't feel absolutely. like you needed that conflict. Like, I feel like you you needed it a little bit to kind of keep Mark at bay for a majority of the story. But then once he goes and, like, meets Ron in the hospital, like, just that's when you, he's like, okay, like, throw Andrew kind of to the side now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But he played, like, such a big part, and it was, like, annoying. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Yeah, kind of like just detracted from the from the main story a lot. But everything when it came to Barney and his relationship with his dad, like I'm glad that he didn't have like a whole big conflict, like where there was like a resentment toward like that Barney had towards his dad. Like he, like Barney had like a true love for his dad and his his grandmother. Yes, yes. That did. was just really refreshing to see. I feel. Oh yeah, dude! I absolutely agree. Like there wasn't any resentment, and he like Barney was like very understanding of the situation that his dad was in. So it was just. Really nice to see. And, I mean, we'll get into it with writing, but I felt Ron was just chef's kiss perfection. Guess you'll have to wait to find out what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope story, you don't hate me, like, No, story is. grade, though, I think I'm going to go to like an 83 wow i did not expect you to be that low like i i love this but i mean i'm not like going to give it like a super high score just because i love this movie <laughs> like when i when we get to the personal score I, I might give it a few 
bonus points, but I mean, overall, like it was a pretty, it was, I I would say overall it was an above average story and it wasn't like, it wasn't quite 85 level. (laughs) So that's, that's why why I'm sitting at an 83. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go a tad lower than you. I'm going to go an 80. Not a totally you. fair. Uh, overall, like honestly, I was actually surprised by how much I enjoyed this. I mean, I, I Caleb did very much hype this up. Up, so if I like hated this, I was gonna <laughs> kick his ass. Um, but I did not. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, it, it has a really good message about friendship, about um, and especially, I love um the um towards the ending when they're all reconnecting their friendship from when they were kids. And, uh, the one girl just points out, you know, just, just stuff happened and we kind of just kind of grew apart. And it's so freaking sad that that happens between elementary and middle school. You change so much and it freaking sucks. And I hate it. And thank God I did not move to Utah until middle school because I would have hated if I, if that would have happened to me. Yeah, it's really sad, but it's also, it's true, like, that happens, like, you, when you're in elementary school, you just kind of become friends with whoever the hell is around, and then as you start to explore your interests more, and, like, try to, like, figure out who you are as a person, your social circle changes a ton. It's true. Like, and then you you try to, like, find... Like, oh, who do I want to hang out with? Like, what type of people do I want to hang out with? And you just kind of, like, flock to those people. And unfortunately, when it comes to, like, elementary school friends, that just it's just kind of what happens. Yeah. Like, I mean, hell, that happened with me and my elementary school friends. Like, I, I'm friends with them on Facebook, but, I mean, in the end, what the hell does that actually mean? Dude, seriously though, I'm still friends with you know, literally, I'm I'm still friends with literally everyone that I had uh, become friends with in junior high. Like when Facebook was like this huge thing, and like everyone was asking each other to be their friend. But literally, the only per uh, within my graduating class, the only person that like I actually like give a shit about, about what's going on in their life is Caleb. He's the only one that I actually communicate with now. There are other friends that like graduated in different grades of mine, you know, like there's there's Sammy and, you know, other people that of course, you know, like I, I wanna know about what's happening with their life, I care about them. But I'm I'm specifically saying that graduated my exact same year, really Caleb is the only one that I give a shit about. The the rest it's literally just a number now on Facebook. Like I'm never going to ask these people how 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 oh, how's life after high school? Yeah, it's because <laughs> get to the point. Like, I honestly don't give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> but it's true. Like, same here. Like, when it comes to like our graduate, like I probably I couldn't even name someone from our graduating class. <laughs> like, j- n- oh, like I not off the top could. of my head. Really? Wow. Like, not without it, some extreme effort. <laughs> I love it. But it's just like yeah, you lose contact with those people and you just it just it happens, unfortunately. 
So I, I some, think they did a really, really good job, like reflecting that, reflecting that struggle. Absolutely. All right. Well, those scores average our story grade to an eighty-one point five. Uh, moving on over to writing. Um, all of Ron's writing, freaking hundred percent. Like there was nothing he said, or yeah, there was nothing he said that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he I was see like, what you did there. He was perfection. He was so he was so good. What did he keep calling um Barney at first? Oh shit! Um, ah, oh, damn it. Caleb, I can't believe you. For how much? I know it starts with an A. I forget. Ah, God damn it, dude! This is so sad. I literally watched this movie less than like two two hours ago, or not less than two hours ago, about like three, but still. Um. God damn it! Absalom. That's what it is. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that that was a very funny ongoing joke. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, dude, I feel like when I looked that up, they kind of make a good little, um, not really a hint, just like a a nod towards something. So in the Bible, Absalom is a figure who often represents vanity. Which is a uh, a big theme in this movie. Yeah, that that is a very good point. Like it's all, it's all about like, which I I feel like calling Barney that specifically because he eventually gets to the point where he does call him Barney, right? Yes, yeah, he does. So yeah, after um he saves him from being crushed and they're in the back of like his dad's or his grandmother's um pickup truck, yeah, he finally says, uh, oh, um my my friends call me um Barney and then yeah, finally clicks in his head. Oh, okay. Hmm. And yeah, like and that's like I feel like the the moment where the switch happened for Barney, where he didn't start like really being concerned with himself. So I guess calling him Absalom, knowing what it means in like the biblical, uh, as a biblical reference, like is really telling of this story. Yeah, yeah, it honestly really works. Yeah, so I'm I'm giving some props for writing in that. Um, everyone else's writing, other than freaking Andrew Morris's, because his, his just freaking irritated me, and Rich, yeah, Rich's, uh, freaking writing, I know he was supposed to be, like, I'm taking, I'm docking points for Andrew Morris, I'm also, I'm giving props to Rich's writing, but I want everyone to know that I hated him. With a fiery passion. 
<laughs> Damn. Dude, he was so freaking annoying. I don't know why, but it's escaping me. Who are those characters again? Uh, Rich is the freaking the blonde kid. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then who was the other guy? Uh, Andrew Morris. Andrew Morris is the the douchebag from Bubble. Oh, uh, okay. God, dude, I'm sorry. My brain work tonight. Jeez. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's late. Our brain is just going to start getting worse. This is true. But yeah, so docking for for Andrew because I felt like most of his lines were unnecessary. It just kind of being a douchebag for douchebag's sake. And Dude, I oh sorry. No, go go ahead. No, I was gonna say I love that when he like first takes over as like CEO and he's doing like his huge like uh, event. Literally, no no one looks excited. They're all just like, "Ugh, he's the CEO now." They're like doing like a little golf clap. It's freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a pretty good bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, the only time that I really liked Rich was anytime he wasn't around other people, and it like he had to act like a lot more genuine. Yeah, but it, he kind of has that personality, like, like a vlogger on YouTube, and I hate vloggers on YouTube. But yeah, we we used to vlog. Yeah, like three freaking episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely got far, guys. We really got far. Yeah, and then we realized that we look like tools and stopped. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's true. I feel like we could do like some much better shit now. Oh yeah, absolutely, dude! I'm freaking kicking myself. I meant to record a TikTok video with today for Eternals. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow since you know I'm going back out to try to find a decent steelbook for that damn movie. <laughs> do it. I think I will. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like other characters writing. Like, I feel like Marx was pretty decent most of the time. I feel the dad's was really good, actually. Yeah, like, his stuff was really solid. Like, everything felt like very natural and didn't just didn't feel out of place. It didn't like honestly that one scene where um you know uh, Barney's trying to you know fix uh Ron and. Yada 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 in the shed, and he actually comes out and says, "Hey, you know, I got a minute. Do you want to do something together?" And Ron's just like, "Not Ron. I'm sorry." Barney's just like, "Ah, you know, I'm good." And you can see like kind of like the uh, look of like, "Aw, well, okay." Look of disappointment in his face. It's yeah. Really sad. It was really sad. And I think they did a really good job with that, like not making it too comical absolutely like they had a real sense of like genuine feelings in this like genuine emotion that yeah. i think this movie did really well with um one character i do have to kind of dock for is barney's grandmother yeah she, i she was a lot she, she was very much a lot 
Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I really just did not like her one bit. I found her really annoying. She was like her. I feel like her only purpose was to convince Barney's dad to actually end up going and buying a Bebot. After that, she was kind of pointless. And, you know, I get why they wanted her there is because, you know, Ron, god damn it, I keep saying Ron, Barney, uh, his mom passed away when he was only two, and so you can definitely understand why his dad would need that emotional support there with his mom. So that's completely understandable. It's just I wish that the mom was written differently. Yeah. Maybe just a little bit differently. Like, (laughs) more, like, kind of like everyone else, like, a little bit more on the genuine side, and not quite on the comedic, like, everything has to be a laugh. Exactly. So, where are you sitting at with with writing? Because I'm, talking it through, I'm actually a little bit lower. As am I, than what I originally, or than what I put with story. Um, So, for me, writing... I'm going to go a 76. Yeah, I might go a little bit higher than you. I think I'm going to go to like a 78. All right. I respect it. Yeah, which averages us out to a 77 for writing. Not too shabby. All right, moving on over to acting. Uh, We have Jack Dylan Grazer, who played Barney. Zach Galifianakis, who played Ron. Ed Helms, who played Graham, or Barney's dad. Uh, Olivia Coleman, who played uh, Barney's grandmother. Um, Who else do I want to include? Justice Smith, who played Mark Wydell. Uh, Rob Delaney, who played Andrew Morris. Then we have... Kylie Cantrall, who played Savannah Meads. Ricardo Hurtado, who played Rich Belcher. That is a mouthful of a name. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's all that I'll include. The other friends didn't really get a whole lot of things to say. I'm sorry. I'm really quickly just looking at Olivia Coleman. Did you know that she was also in the Mitchells versus the Machines? Was she really? Yeah, she did the voice of Pal. Who was Pal? Pal. Let me look it up. Isn't Pal one of the robots? Probably. Huh. I feel like this is like super easy. <laughs> But who's your top three? <laughs> uh, so, number one, just because I actually think he did a great job portraying emotion for, and just it's so weird hearing his voice like very grown up after like the last movie, the last time seeing him was in the first it just the the voice change it's just so crazy number one i would give to zach uh zach J- zach dylan grazer jack jack dylan grazer gosh damn it sorry jack <laughs> dylan Gra- grazer that that's who i would give to number one um two i would actually give to ed helms 
um, because I freaking loved him as uh, Barney's dad. I thought he did an amazing job. And actually, I how I have an idea, because Ed Helms, I feel, has a very distinguishable voice. But for some reason, it just did not sound like Ed Helms to me. Um, and then number three, I would definitely give to Zach Galifianakis, because he did comedy so good as Ron. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, My top three is the exact same characters, just different order. All right. Um, My number one, I was actually going to give to Zach Galifianakis. Um, I think his voice was like perfectly robotic without going too far into like stereotypical robot sounds um and was able to portray as much emotion as a robot can and then my number 2 I would give to Jack Dylan Grazer um I think he did a, an amazing job with Barney. It, I actually didn't realize it was him for a mo- for most of the movie. It doesn't sound like him. No, no it doesn't. And like I, I, I wonder the... if he altered his voice at all. He might have. Which is very impressive. Like very impressive on on his part. Um, and then my number three would actually be uh, Ed Helms. Um, I think. Everything that that included the dad was very heartfelt. Like even the the bits that were played for a laugh with him, like they had like a genuineness to them, and I I feel like Ed Helms pulled that off extremely well. Um, if I'm docking for anything, acting wise, I'm docking for Andrew Morris. Um, I'm docking for the grandma. Yeah, for me, it's especially the grandma. Yeah, and then I'm also docking for uh, Rich, the little blonde kid, because he was annoying as shit. <laughs> and in not job, like though. in in not a good way either. In like not a on purpose way. It was kind of. <laughs> I feel like there was. <sighs> That's tough because he was supposed to play annoying, but he was like, he did it a little too good. No, because if he did it too good, I would give him bon- like bonus points. Okay, fair enough. It's just like he didn't do it enough, and somehow that made it more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I love like, that. I love that. Like I, I don't know how else to describe that. Like, hey, you were annoying. But not in a good way, and that made it more annoying. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. <laughs> um, and then I guess the Savannah girl was like, she was all right, like n- nothing too too special. She did do a good job coming across as a little shit at the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, and she got like. So much more interesting after she was embarrassed. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, she actually became a character. She actually had a character arc. Yeah, like, she was, like... I feel like we viewed her, like, so much throughout the beginning as, like, oh, the popular cool girl. And then once she wasn't... Once she wasn't that anymore, she kind of became an actual human being. (laughs) And she's like, okay, now I feel for you. (laughs) And... Like, like, and this is, like, no joke. Like, I genuinely started feeling bad for her when it showed, like, just all the negativity and, like, the remixes of her being, what was it, Poop Girl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I genuinely started feeling, like, sadness for her. I'm like, that's that's got to be tough. Like, building this this identity around being the the popular one at school and then going from the popular one to freaking poop girl. <laughs> like what an arc. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, chef's kiss. Oh jeez. So overall, I feel like everyone was pretty pretty average like when it came to like the extras everyone was like on the average side and i don't feel like the main cast brings it up all that much or like the main focus main characters so i think i'm i think i'm gonna be at like an 84 when it comes to acting all right uh I think I'm going to be a little lower than you. I'm going to go in 82. Absolutely fair. Um, and that averages us out to an 83 when it comes to acting. Uh, moving on over to character development. This one... Did you do Barney? I did. Okay. I did too. Um... I feel like he had a really solid arc. It wasn't like perfect by any means, and I don't feel it was like top. I, the more I talk about this movie, like it, it's making me question: like, is this really like like why did I like this movie so much? <laughs> and even with a second viewing, like for this episode, like I still like I was like I love this movie. But like now, like that I'm talking about it, all of this, this shit is average. Like I don't know if it was just like the theme that connected with me, or like or what. But when this movie starts off, we see Barney, who's kind of a loner, and he feels like he's a loner because he doesn't have a bebot like everyone else does. And, yeah, so, like, he, he finally does get, like, a bebot that's somewhat defective and learns or tries to teach his defective bebot how to be a friend because, all like, that's what all of the other bebots do. They, they're connected on a social network and, like, hey, you have this interest with these people. You should be friends with these. And so he, with his defective bebot that... He, Ron doesn't 
do that. At least not in the uh, the typical sense, like how the other Bebots do it. And so he's trying to teach him, like, hey, these are my interests, and like you can be my friend, and this is how this is how you can be a friend to someone and kind of learns unintentionally from Ron how to be a friend himself. And once he's like able to accept that, like just the, the selfish or the selflessness that's involved in being a true friend is able to give up the one person he views as a friend, that being Ron. And I feel like that's just such a powerful moment for him as a character. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree. Um, For how much... I was not expecting uh, this movie to have such a good character arc. I was actually like very, very surprised. Um, But they pulled it off super, super well. Um. Honestly, I agree with everything Caleb said. Uh, it, it It's honestly amazing just watching this friendship build throughout the whole movie uh, and watching, um, I almost said Barnaby again. <laughs> Barney. Barney. Barney uh, realizing his mistakes along the way, uh, with uh, especially with the scene um, where Ron says, you know, uh, friendship is a, is, it's a two-way street. Whereas, you know, throughout the uh, uh, a nice chunk of the movie, he's literally telling Ron, oh, hey, these are all my interests. This is how you become my friend. This is what I want you to know. I want you to know everything. But yet, I'm not asking you anything about you. I really don't care what you like or what I should know about you. It's all about me. Um, so I, I, I loved, lo- I, yeah, this movie just has a really good character arc. Yeah, it's it's so good because it's all these things that you don't like think about. Like I love how the the algorithm starts off like how to be my friend and involves to how to be a friend. Yep, I loved that. And like I wish there was like a better picture online of like the uh the algorithm because it is it's such like a good like it's just like a good system to to look through and and think like these are all like the the traits that make up a good friend and seeing Barney like begin to understand that and understand the uh the implications of what happens with everyone being on this B-Bot network that is meant f- basically to control people and seeing everyone like get off that and seeing like how it affects certain people like Savannah trying to be some sort of influencer with with whatever stupid ass show she has and all these other kids that have these these interests and and whatnot and like trying to share it with the world and like judging their worth based off of how many like followers they have or like what their online presence is it's uh 
it's definitely like very reflective of the real world oh, as it is right now absolutely. and just kind of shines a light in all the best ways so i think like overall like there's there's character development to go around with this one but i think barney's in particular was really well crafted and it was all because of like ron just kind of for lack of a better term just being like a baby and having to be taught friendship from the ground up yep and just him like figuring out what that means and the evolution of that while also evolving barney's views of friendship Uh, yeah so i might have talked myself up (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i'm quite in the 90s yet though Okay, that's fair. I I am in the high eighties, so I think I'm I'm gonna go with an eighty eight for character development. Yeah, honestly, I'm gonna match you. It's that good. Yeah, it's, not two it's, eyes. <laughs> it's super solid. It is super solid, especially for an animated kids movie. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, honestly, but you could also argue that like there is so many uh, animated films out there that have incredible character growth. I, I feel uh, Encanto has amazing character development. Oh my gosh, I mean, are you serious? Come on. Yeah. Dude, right? we, were, yeah. we were like at a 93 for that, and I feel like yeah. that's low. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on over to effects, which, with this being an animated movie, is going to be kind of more talking about the animation. Um, yes. And this is actually one of the first, or the only things that we've talked about at all. Well, actually, we talked about this before you watched the movie. So, I was explaining this to you, that I felt that this was on the same level as Good Dinosaur, where the background imagery was just, like, super well done, and, like, just beautiful to look at. Um, But some of, like, the, the foreground stuff was, like, eh. <laughs> and honestly, like, after hearing you say that, um, before going into it, I absolutely do agree with you. It, yeah, <laughs> it definitely pulls a good dinosaur. Yeah, like all the the like Barney's house, all of the the city buildings, they're like, eh, whatever. Like the bubble building in particular, I'm, I'm like that just looks stupid. It honestly <laughs> did, and then it's like it's like in the middle of a lake, and I'm I'm like, that's that's too much. That that's I could have let go. I oh, could really? have like okay. yeah, it was just the fact that it's a company called Bubble and the building is a friggin' bubble. <laughs> like that's stupid. And like how logistically does that work? <laughs> that's an excellent question. Um but the parts that really stood out to me is I really liked um Ron's animation. And just the B-Bots in general. Like, all the B-Bots looked really good. Um, and then I also really liked when they ran away to the woods. Um, 
just kind of the fog that you would see and just the uh the scenery of the the woods and the trees and and all of that fun stuff and especially when it got to like late at night when you just started to see the um the sun rays coming through the trees like oh that look all of that looks so good and, but like I said, it does have a a good dinosaur effect where you see something that looks super good, and then the character itself, like Barney, was just like he stood out like a sore thumb. He did, and I, I know that's the point. But like, can they have tried a little harder not to make that so uh, what's the word, so clear? I guess. Yeah. It's almost like they had two different animators working on that. Dude, like stri- someone working on background and then someone working on buildings and everything else. Dude, what was funny is when um I noted or when I saw that uh 20th Century Fox ha- was uh releasing this, you know, w- along with Disney of course now. Um, the first animation studio, I thought, I'm like, okay, if it's 20th Century Fox, it's got to be Blue Sky, right? But then I remember in the back of my head, oh, yeah, Blue Sky went out of business a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it can't be them. But yeah, I guess it's, uh, what did I say it was? Uh, Locksmith Animation? Yeah. Yeah. I'd never heard of. So it's it's like really weird. This is a, a weird one to, to grade. But I think I'm going to give it maybe an 86. Yeah. Like it, I think it the animation overall was really good. It's just a lot of stuff really stood out in a not positive way. And it's not that it that the stuff that stood out wasn't good. It was. It just wasn't as good as the background yeah no dude I, yeah i absolutely agree with you um i'm gonna go point lower at 85 um yeah literally everything caleb said i really don't have anything else to add he he literally hit the nail on the coffin that i don't think that's the phrasing that i was going for but whatever. nail on the head that's the word that is the <laughs> phrase thank you so much <laughs> Um, all right, well, that averages our effect score to an 85.5. Uh, moving on over to music. Where are you at with this one? Um, I mean, I had a couple of catchy tunes. Like, nothing like... I was like... I, I, I love that uh, how you um, grade music. That how... Um, the biggest thing you're looking for is, like, uh, a tune that gets stuck in your head. That uh, you can just... It literally just will not leave your head um, right till uh, like right after you finish the movie and for a while. So I think that's a great way to judge uh, music. And like the only one I can think of that could have done it but it didn't was that like friendship song that they had at the beginning. Um, which I mean it's catchy, but you know it, it's not great. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm probably. <laughs> Probably at like a seven, honestly. That is actually exactly where I'm at too. Oh, sweet! It, like we said, like if the soundtrack works for the movie, we can. We're usually 
but like there's nothing like super special about it we can we're usually at a six but just the like the friendship song like you said it was like it was a good song it just wasn't catchy yeah it's no we don't talk about bruno but oh my god what song dude. really is we don't talk about bruno i'm just saying yeah no shit dude i total side note i've seriously watched that movie three times today Dude, I'm still so mad that I wasn't able to find Iris any good Encanto toys for her birthday. I'm Dude, so that's mad. so freaking weird. Right? <laughs> but I think she's really going to like what I got her. At least I hope so. Oh, she will. She freaking loves new toys. <laughs> okay. I, I am warning you. I know this is like stupid to bring up on the podcast. but <laughs> So it does on the packaging. It says for ages three and up. But I did look at the comments and so many said, I got this for my two-year-old and it was perfect. So she should be just fine with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She 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 actually does um play she plays with toys for older kids like really well. Okay. Cool. So we're good then. Awesome. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll be fine. Sweet. Total anyway. total side note. Yeah. Total <laughs> side note. Uh, getting back into it. Um, costumes, which with this being an animated movie, like I said, is going to be, uh more character design and i really like ron's design i do too um you know what like i don't know why like stuck out to me a lot and i think maybe it's just because i like the way that they're drawn or his ears i love the way that the ears are animated in this movie i don't know why i promise i don't have an ear fetish but um (laughs) You know what? I didn't think you did until you said that. <laughs> God, well, God damn it. Okay. Well, secrets out, everybody. Yeah. Like, just the, the, the basic design of, of Ron. And just, like, when once they threw the beanie on him, like, I loved that. Yeah. Oh, that looks so good. Like, it just gave him a little bit of personality that all the other Bebots didn't have. And oh, sorry. Me, I mean, sorry. Well, sorry. Yeah, I know sorry. you. I know. I figured you were talking about Barney. Yeah, I was talking about Barney, not Ron. <laughs> Ron does not have ears. Um. Yeah, sorry. I was talking about Barney. Apologies, God. I. You think that by now, having talked about this movie for almost two hours, or I don't know if it's been over two hours, that you think that I would get the difference between Barney and Ron right? Like I would know specifically which which is which character, but apparently not. Yeah, like I okay, I really like Barney and his dad, like their their character design, but the where the design I have issues with is when it comes to a lot of the extras. When like specifically, like Savannah and Rich, and maybe like all the others too. It's just it's almost like their their style is very inconsistent. That's fair. It, yeah. Um, my biggest complaint is the Andrew Morris, the the douchebag from Bubbles or Bubble. Um, have have you ever seen Arthur Christmas? Arthur Chris, why does that sound so familiar? Arthur Christmas. Let me look it up. I'm pretty sure I have. 
Yes, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's made by Ardman. Yeah, I have. Yeah, so uh, Andrew Morris, I feel, looks like um, his brother. Oh my god, Yeah. why the hell did you have to put that image straight <laughs> in my head? You asshole. You son of a bitch. And I love that movie. Arthur Christmas? Yeah. I do too. Oh. I really like that movie, but it's just hit like the animation style between the characters just super inconsistent, and I didn't really care for like a lot of the facial expressions when it came to like that's fair some of these characters. But like I said, I had very few issues when it came to, like, Barney, Ron, or his dad. Yeah. But everyone else, it just... What about the grandmother? The grandmother was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Kind of out of place. A little bit. Uh, She kind of felt like the Aunt Fanny of robots. Oh my gosh, that's exactly right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh overall i wasn't the biggest fan of this so i think when it comes to costumes i'm also going to be at a seven and yeah i'll match you on that one all right last up we got our own personal grade do you want me? I, I do you want me to take this one since I, I feel this movie is very special to you. So I want you to finish it off. Sure. Okay. Cool. Um. So overall, uh, for how much Caleb hyped this movie up, I feel for the most part it did not disappoint me. Um. I I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um. Definitely liked it more than the Willoughby's. Uh. I would say I did like the Mitchells versus the machines a little more. I'm like comparing this to like animated films that Caleb has recommended to me. Um, so he's so far he's done, he's done pretty good. Just, he's only had one dud in my opinion. Um, but yeah, uh, really good characters. Um, Barney and Ron are great together. They are just uh, the epitome of friendship. I love it so much. Uh, oh my God. Jack Dylan Grazier. And Zach Galifianakis are amazing in these roles. You can tell that they're having a lot of fun. They really um, go off of each other well. And yeah, no, I had a really good time with this movie. Um, very, very fun animated film. Um, so I am going to go. I'm going to go an eighty. Yeah. Um. I had a. Like, this was a surprising movie for me. Like, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. And I think seeing the themes of of friendship and, like, just kind of the internal struggle. Like, a a show that you try putting on for people on social media versus, like, reality. (laughs) Which is... It's weird because I don't feel like I personally do that because if anyone knows like my personal social media, I never post. <laughs> like the only time that I do is when I change my profile picture. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I'm the same way. But yeah, no, he yeah, he's absolutely right. 
Like every couple of months, yeah, he'll like change it to another picture of him and Iris, and it's freaking adorable. Yeah, but like other than that, I I do not post, and it's I feel like it's kind of been a, a detriment to the podcast because neither of us are super good at posting. But it's true we don't we don't put on a show that much. Yeah, <laughs> like. And I feel like you can tell that. I I mean I I I think you can tell that a little bit. Like if we're I feel like you can tell our enthusiasm about a movie. Like this how this show has gone is like how we would talk to each other without the mics in our faces. Oh, absolutely. And like, we are seriously this much of dicks to each other in real life. You think that this is us, you know, being funny for the for the podcast? No, we are actually this much of dicks to each other in real life. Yeah, I feel like the only thing that we I consider on our show part of the show that we put on is the intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's really yeah, that's the only thing different. Yeah, anything that's like technically scripted is like us putting on a show. Everything else is just like just us. But yeah, I um I I have a hard time placing this movie. But I think I'm going to go I'm definitely going higher than you, Rose, but I I think I'm going to be at like an 87. Okay. I like it. Yeah, like I I have nothing but love for this movie. I enjoyed watching it both times that I watched it. And yeah, I think overall it is a really good fun movie with a very powerful um message about friendship. With so yeah. Um going at an 87 and that averages us out to an 83.5 for our personal score and now that we have that grade in the final all bros letter grade for ron shit i had it wrong on this one too good lord (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for or the final All Bros letter grade for Ron's Gone Wrong has come to a B minus. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Like honestly, I was expecting a little bit higher. <laughs> I'm sorry, Caleb. I know. Like I'm surprised. I'm surprised where where it's at. Yeah, you know, fair enough. Because, yeah, literally it only scored in one category. Well, okay. I guess I can see it now. A little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely one of our higher ups. It's, um... Let's see. Out of... 20 B minus movies. It's ranked number six. Okay. 
Um, so it is sitting at an 82.31%. Um, and like I said, it's uh, B minus. So that puts it below Let's Be Cops, which is at an 82.37. Um, it's below Umbra, um, a short indie film that we we watched and scored a little while ago, which is at an 82.42%. Uh, puts it below The Hunt, which is at an 82.47. Uh, puts it below the Mulan remake, which is at an 82.62. And then finally puts it below The Greatest Showman, which is at an 82.9. But it is sitting above the Magnificent Seven, which is at an 82.12%. Um, it's above It Chapter 2, which is at an 81.95%. Uh, <laughs> it's above Rogue One, ooh, which is at an 81.93%. Ouch. And it is above The War with Grandpa, which is at an 81.93%. And then it is above Spiral, which is also at an 81.93%. All right. I like it. Yeah, so I think it has a decent home. I think the only one that I might argue with is It Chapter 2, but... I, I've looked over It Chapter 2 a lot, and I don't disagree with the scores to this day. The, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that's... Oh my god, Brian, if you could just work for, like, just five more minutes, that would just be great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, well, do you have anything else you want to say about Ron? Ron's gone wrong? I almost butchered it. Nope. Um, like I said, I think that has a this has a pretty decent home. Sweet. Well, that is going to wrap up this week's episode of the Albros Podcast. If you like what you heard, heard, want to follow and subscribe to us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can do so. Uh, we are Google, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Radio dot com. Spotify, and so, so much more. And if you can't find us, then y'all are listening on the wrong platform. Switch to one of those. Yep. <laughs> Simple as that. Um, and if you were prefer to uh, listen on YouTube, you can also catch all of our episodes on there. Um, if you want to uh, follow us on all of our social media, where you can also... Um, uh, DM us with episode ideas or answer our questions of the week. You can do just that. Our handles are facebook.com forward slash the all bros, Twitter and Instagram at the all bros. Um, and we also have a TikTok. We are at the all bros. So be sure to check out all of those. Um, but if you prefer to email us, if you would uh, like to answer, our questions of the week or just get in contact with us for a movie that you have that you want us to break down. You can do just that. Uh, our email is the channel at gmail.com. Uh, 
Um, you can also check out our website, tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros, where you can get to know us a little more, as well as we have a link to our uh, merch store there. Um, but also our website is the best place to uh, get merch because you can custom order um, a certain uh, art that you want that Caleb has done because unfortunately a lot have been taken down from Tee Public or is it Teespring? I can never remember. Public. Tee Public, and it's right in front of my goddamn face. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Okay, it's just one of those nights, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> um, <laughs> But if you would prefer to just go to T Public by itself, you can go to P Public. P Public. Killing it today. I know, right? You can go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the Albros channel. Uh, next week on the podcast, we will be breaking down uh, Uncharted, the new Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg film coming out. Um, and neither of us have ever played any of the video games, so this is going to be a fun movie to break down, since we don't know jack shit going in. Yep. Um, I'll have to look around and see if I can find anyone that's actually, like, played the games, and see if they can give us, like, an insider perspective. Dude, that'd be so cool if, like, DJ or uh, Vic or, like, huge fans of Uncharted. That would, like, actually take me by surprise a little bit. Dude, same here. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll find out when they listen to this episode, see if they'll hit us up about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, um, so that's going to be next week's episode. But until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we will see you guys next week. So long. Deuces.